Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for a beautiful, beautiful day, Lord. Each and every breath that we get to breathe and we wake up is, is a huge blessing that often we take for granted, Lord. So, Lord God, please remind us of, of just how glorious you are and don't let us take for granted the, the gifts that we receive that none of us are worthy of, Lord, but, but you continue to bless us anyways. Lord God, I thank you for this church, this congregation, the, the love that they have for you, the leadership, Lord. I pray for, for continued wisdom, Lord, for, for Pastor Steve and, and the leadership of this church that they continue to do, do your work. And, and Lord God, I pray that you bless everybody here with, with the Holy Spirit and, and know that it's not me speaking, Lord. It's, it's you speaking through me, and I'm just a vessel, Lord. So I pray, Lord, that everybody here hears your word, not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Last time I was here was August 6th, if you were here, and I got the privilege to, to preach on the providence of God and how God is always moving in the background on your behalf, whether you know it or not. And I got to tell you, God's continuing to move in my life. And when I was done with, uh, with my sermon, I prayed over you guys that God would present doors for you guys. And I didn't get anybody come up to me last service, so I'm hoping maybe, maybe this service I will. Um, but I prayed that God would present doors to you that some of them are easy, some of them are hard, that you would walk through. And if God did present an unusual door to test your faith that you had to walk through, share it with me afterwards. I, I love to hear about it. Um, I know that not everybody likes to share their testimonies. Um, sometimes they, it's too dark or they, they don't want to open up to people. But, but know that it is important to, and we're going to touch on that today. Uh, a testimony is a written or spoken story of what God has done. The Bible, we wouldn't have the Bible if it wasn't for testimonies. The Bible is full of nothing but written testimonies over time. And Psalm 66, 16 says, Come and listen, all you who fear God. And I will tell you what he did for me. So come and listen, all you who fear God. And I'm assuming that everybody here is a God-fearing Christian, is a God-fearing man, woman, or child. And if not yet, you are soon to be. That's why you're here. So I will tell you what he did for me. Why would I come up from Missouri and share my testimony with you? Because I think it's very important to know who is standing in your pulpit. It's very important to know who is teaching God's word. Is he... Does he have a calling? Is it, is it real, or is he doing it for the wrong reasons? I can tell you I don't enjoy public speaking. I get super, super nervous. But you guys are so loving, so caring, and you make me feel like a home every time I come up here. And I have no problem standing in front of you guys delivering God's message that, that he has given me to give you. So I'm going to share my testimony in hopes that it brings light to you that maybe you'll share, somebody's, share your testimony with somebody else. Because what testimony does is it makes my story your story, and your story becomes my story when you tell me. Why is that? Because we are all one with God. So it creates this bond. It creates this one-on-one level that we don't get unless we do share that. When I was a baby, my parents split up, and my biological father, um, he kind of disappeared from my life, and I had this void there. My grandma helped raise me. She is the reason why I have the heart that I have today. But during my childhood, without that father, my sister was babysitting us. My mom had three kids. I had a brother and a sister who were full-blooded. I was the half-sibling, so it was always two-on-one. I didn't really get that, that sibling bond that I was seeking. Um, I wasn't getting that father bond that I was seeking. And 
Honestly, my mom was gone all the time too. So I, I had my, my grandma to lean on. Um, but then God blessed me with a stepdad in elementary school. And my stepdad didn't have any kids. But what he did after my parents got married was he decided to take a leap of faith and he adopted me as his legal guardian, as my legal guardian. So this man decided, I'm going to take this child and he's going to be mine. I'm going to discipline him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to care for him. Try not to get worked up. Anytime you share your testimony, emotions come out, and that's okay. But just like Pastor Steve said the other day, or the, a week or two ago, when he, he was preaching on how we are all adopted children of Christ, that's what God provided me. He provided me with an adopted father. So once you're adopted, everything that they have becomes yours. Their inheritance, their love, their care. So then after that, I had some childhood trauma that I never shared with my family. I never shared with anybody for many, many years. And I can't share it because there's children here. Think of probably something that shouldn't happen to kids, and you'll probably guess what it was. Then I was bullied. I was the kid at basketball camp that the upperclassmen put icy hot in my underwear. So after I got out of the showers, I was crying and screaming. Um, They found pure enjoyment out of it. I had a very thin skin. I I was an easy target. So what I did was I created this person that I turned out didn't want to be. I created all these scars, all this bad stuff that had happened, and I made somebody who was way too competitive. I was going to outdo you in everything I did. I wasn't going to be bullied anymore. I stood up for the little guy. But the problem with that is I made it all about myself. See, I didn't have this bond with Christ. I was raised Catholic. And I'm not going to bash on on other religions, but I had questions with the Catholic Church that weren't getting answered. Why do we pray to Mary? Why do I have to kneel here and pray this? And why can't I just have any freedom in my expression? Why am I not feeling this bond? I wasn't getting the answers I wanted. So at 16, I left the Catholic Church. At this time, I put on a lot of muscle. I became a stud athlete. My senior year, I was the second fastest kid in the state of Missouri. I was, I was killing it, but it was all about me. And then something else happened. My parents split up, so I went to college. And I went to college thinking that I wasn't going to be the stud athlete anymore. I needed, I needed to be humbled is what I really needed. I went to college. I was the fastest kid on campus. I didn't get humbled where I needed it. And even though I put on this fake face that everything was okay, more trauma happened. Something I can't get in detail with. I'll be happy to with any adult after this or in some other time. But I acted like everything was okay when I had thoughts that I shouldn't have, if you know what I'm talking about. I never acted on those thoughts, but the thoughts were there. I was in one of the darkest places in my life, and I felt like I had nobody. I also didn't reach, I didn't party. My hobbies were Halo 3, girls, and sports. That was it. So I just sat in my dorm all the time, alone, and I just had this emptiness inside of me. So here's where the providence of God comes in that I preached on last time I was here. God was moving and I didn't know it. See, I wasn't the best student. I had girls do my homework for me in high school. 
I never had to try. I had A's and B's, and then I get to college, and it's a culture shock. The professors are very strict there. And so I go to the library. I never go to the library. I was returning a cheat sheet to a friend, out of all things. That's how low I was. I was returning a cheat sheet to a friend. This gorgeous girl, who is now my wife, was at the library as well. She doesn't go to the library either because she was a straight-A student who didn't need the library. She studied at home. She didn't like to be around anybody. But she was helping her friend study for an anatomy exam that night that I was supposed to be taking too. And so I returned this cheat sheet to my friend, and I see my wife sitting across the table, and I'm like, holy cow, uh, what are you guys doing? I'm studying for our anatomy exam. I think I'll join. And so I joined for the wrong reasons, and my wife and I started flirting. What was supposed to be a two-week fling, because Christmas break was coming, she was transferring. She invited me to her house for Christmas. I met her family. Her dad was supposed to be this real hard-butt kind of guy who didn't like guys. Her friends all told me about it. Um, so I went into this household thinking, okay, it's a challenge. I want to make this guy fall in love with me. And he asked me some questions, and he said, do you go to church? Are you a Christian? And I said, I haven't been to church in, in years. I was a Catholic, but I don't really claim it anymore. Um, so he grabbed a paperback NIV Bible, and he threw it across the room. I was sitting on the couch, and he hit me right in the chest with it, and I caught it. And he said, if you're going to be with my daughter, you're going to read that book. And I said, okay. And I promise you, I picked that book up, and I started reading it for the wrong reasons. I had no good intention in my heart when I started reading the Bible. I read Psalms in like two or three days. You can't read Psalms in two or three days and really actually comprehend it. But what happened when I started reading was God started talking to me. God started talking to me through Psalms, and I was, I was highlighting left and right. Well, I stopped going to that college. I went to a tech school. I realized this family is awesome. This family is what I need. So I went to a tech school for personal training, and at the local gym there where my in-laws live, they were hiring. So I said, hey, what do you guys think about me moving in with you guys so I can, I can work here and, and do something I enjoy? And they said, yeah. I mean, who does that? But... So I move in with my in-laws while I'm still dating their daughter, working as a personal trainer. But what happened was God's plan because I started going to church with them every Sunday. I got baptized for real, baptized, the real, where I pronounced my faith in Jesus Christ. I started my new life. It was all because God was working. And Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. I was living the opposite of that. I was boasting about it to anybody who would listen. I love talking about me. So when Pastor Steve texted me and he said, hey, how would you like to come up October 22nd and share a message? We'll be in Galatians. I said, okay, yeah, absolutely. So I open my Bible. I read all six chapters of Galatians, and I'm ready to, do, I'm ready to start studying it, see what God has to say. Then he throws me a curveball the next morning, and he says, hey, instead of Galatians, how about you tell your story? I know you touched on it last time you were here, but tell the church your story. And, of course, I'm thinking old me, right? I'm thinking, I want to talk about myself. It opened up all kinds of stuff in my head. I'm like, I'll pray on it. I didn't tell Pastor Steve I wasn't digging it, but I really wasn't at first. 
And it took me a few days to really realize what Pastor Steve said. He didn't say, tell him, talk about me. He said, tell everybody in the congregation how God has moved in your life. Oh, so my testimony. I shouted out to Steve last service. I said, next time, Steve, just, just lead with that. You know, tell, tell me that I need, I need to share my testimony because it took me three days of, of straight confusion to realize what he was saying. And I added this last second about testimonies. In the Bible, I say this full of testimony after testimony. You guys have been studying Paul. And Paul's testimony is the greatest testimony in the world, in my opinion. It's just, it's nonstop of what he was the worst of the worst and became one of the best of the best. But there's also hidden testimonies that you have to search in the Bible. In Matthew 9, verse 20, it says, Just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. If I can just touch a little bit, I'll be healed. She had that much faith. So how did she get that faith? Well, at that time, Jesus was going around in his ministry, and he was performing all this miraculous wonder. So she heard, maybe saw, but she was hearing all these testimonies about what Jesus was doing for everybody else. So when you share your testimony, you get this inner thought and this inner emotion of, if God can do that for them, he can do it for me too. We just have to have faith to believe. After I was with my in-laws for, for a while, I got bored. I got bored with life. I was like, okay, well, now what? I'm blessed with these athletic abilities that I've worked so hard for. I still take care of my body. I don't drink. I still haven't had a, to this day, haven't had a caffeinated soda since eighth grade. Um, I, I am a workout freak. But now I'm humbled. So, Lord, use me. So I joined the Navy Special Operations. I'm killing it. Top five out of 77 guys. Accelerated scores on everything I do. Physically, I was dominating, but mentally, I wasn't. I had a torn labrum. I lost my spec ops contract. I got discharged. I wasn't in very long. Now what? Go back to school. My wife and I get married. She's making $12 an hour at a foot clinic, and I'm back at school living in a 400-square-foot apartment. And we get pregnant. Crap. She's making $12 an hour. I don't have any money at all. What are we going to do? And at this time, I'm very heavy into Scripture. And I pray. I say, Lord, I need help. What am I going to do? I need a big boy job. What does God do? He shows off. My best friend texts me. My best friend had no idea what was going on in my life. We just played Xbox together. He had no idea we were pregnant. He had no idea anything. And he texts me out of the blue right after my prayer. Sometimes God answers prayers immediately. Sometimes it takes time. This is one of those immediately. He says, hey, bub, just want to let you know the railroad's hiring again. Okay. So I apply and I get it. I know there's a lot of people here that know BNSF Railroad. I, I worked out of Missouri, out of Kansas City. And so God blessed me with nothing to almost a you know, $100,000 job, great benefits. And so he blessed me for the next 10 years of my life, making great money and providing for my family. But around year eight, 
I was absolutely miserable. Miserable, because when you work the road, you're gone for 48 hours at a time sometimes. You're home little as 10 hours, possibly, then you're back on the road again. So my family was out of church. At this point, we have three kids now. And so I started praying. I said, Lord, I need an out. This is, this is not working. This is one of those prayers that took some time. But I kept my faith in Christ that he would provide. So time goes by, and I remodel my mom's kitchen. Full new cabinets, new, new island, new pantry. I did woodworking since high school. It's something, a hobby I picked up, and I really enjoy it. And so I say, aha, cabinets. Everybody needs cabinets. And so February of 2022, I get my LLC and start a cabinet company. By July, I'm done with the railroad. Absolutely done. And I put all of my faith in Christ that he would provide for my family and I. Was I killing it? No. Am I still killing it? Absolutely not. Starting a business is expensive. We pretty much live paycheck to paycheck now, and that's okay. Because I can tell you with a clear conscience, 100% clear conscience, out of this over a year and a half now, I have only lost probably two hours of sleep stressed out about money. I have all my faith that Christ will provide for me. Every day I pray, every night usually, it's, Lord, please bless my family financially. I know I'm unworthy, but I'm extremely grateful. I don't need to be rich. I just know that you will provide for me whatever we need. And I have faith that Christ will do that. So I'm here today, Psalm 22, 22. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters, and I will praise you among your assembled people. I'm here to tell my story. That's King David right there in Psalm 22. He's sharing his testimony with everybody because God blessed him in secret. And King David said, I can't just, I can't bottle this up. I got to share it. And that's what we have to do. We have to share our testimonies. Some testimonies aren't glorious to share. Some things are way harder to share than others. Some people grew up in a cookie-cutter home, and they have the perfect life. Their family's right there. And you don't think that your testimony is really worth sharing because it's not going to impact anybody. But I promise you it will. Like I said earlier, what our testimonies do is it makes us bond between us as Christians. We share our testimonies to help one another. There's people who go through addictions. I think every single person in this room has had some sort of small addiction or large addiction. And it's something that needs to be talked about. Because if you sit there and hide from God saying, no, God, it's too dark for God to be in this spot in my life, I'll just ask for forgiveness later. No. I heard something that's pretty powerful, and it kind of sounds silly at first, but it's true. If you're fighting addiction, invite God in that room before you fight that addiction, before you, before you sin, before you open that laptop, before you crack that bottle open and about to forget the whole night. Invite God to sit with you. I know it sounds weird, but that place is not too dark for God to shine his light on you. And when you feel God's presence right next to you, I promise you that you committing that sin is going to become a lot harder. And if you've overcome addiction, you need to be sharing your testimony with people because there's a lot of people out there that don't know how to overcome what they're, they're dealing with. Romans 10.17 says, so faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. So if you bottle it in and you don't share it with anybody, how are you supposed to do your part in disciple? 
We're called to be Christ-like. We're called to be disciples. We're called to be as Christ-like as we possibly can. Testimonies reveal how God works. And for you parents, you grandparents, aunts, uncles, share your testimonies with children. Your children need to know your story. Maybe they're too young to know the whole story, but share with them how you met Christ. They need to hear that message. Psalm 78, 5 through 7 says, For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the, not, the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children. So even when you're not yet born, God already knows you. So not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands was the, was the last part of that. Tell your children how you were saved Share your testimony. Share your struggles, because they're going to go through struggles too. This world is not getting any easier, and we know that. You can't hide them forever, so at the right time, share your testimonies with your children. Testimonies create this expectation in our hearts for God to work miracles through our lives. Back to Matthew 9. That woman had this miraculous thought in her heart that Jesus can save me. Through testimonies, God's power is released into the lives of all those who hear it. And this is really important, so listen. When testimonies are forgotten, faith for the miraculous is diminished, and so is obedience to God's commands. When you forget your testimonies, you forget who you are. When you said, I accept Jesus Christ in my heart, and when you said, Jesus, you are Lord and Savior, you started a new life. The old you is gone. You've got to let go of that. But when you forget, you forget who you are. You go back to being the old you. And I think we've all been there or close to it. When we meditate on our testimonies, it renews our minds. So like I said, not every testimony is glorious. Some are wonderful, but they all need to be shared. So it's my prayer that, my prayer and my hope that you guys leave here and share your testimony with somebody. And the, the biggest thing we hate as people, we hate being told no, right? Going up to somebody, hey, you want to hear my testimony? You're not going to get a good response from that. Most of the time. A good Christian is going to be like, yeah, go ahead. Start small talk. One thing I love about your pastor is when you meet him for the first time, he doesn't make life about him. He makes it about you. Because everybody likes to talk about themselves, especially when they're not saved yet. So he says, tell me your story. And it can be a little small talk that leads up to it. For example, you're in a line, long line somewhere getting whatever, and there's a guy in front of you and you say, hey, what do you do for work? Oh, I'm in construction and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, what do you do for work? Oh, well, you see, uh, I don't know if you're a Christian or not, but um, this is what God did for me. And I tell my story. See how I, I, I slip that in there? I don't know if you're a Christian or not, but this is what I do. And he's either going to have a few responses. He's going to be like, oh, yeah, I am, or no, not really. Or he's just going to be like, yeah, you lost me there. 
But it's a, it's a way to, to get into that conversation and share a little bit of what God has done for you. So don't be afraid of no, but go out and share your story. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, you, you are so gracious. You are so loving. Thank you for, for today once again, Lord. Thank you for, for the love that these people have in their hearts. And, and thank you for just giving each and every one of us your presence and, and the Holy Spirit and blessing us with, with abundance that we do not deserve, Lord. But yet we are so glorious and, and we are so appreciative in everything that you do. Lord God, I pray that everybody has safe travels and, and we just, we love you in your mighty name. Amen. So now we're going to do gifts, tithes, and offerings. And instead of just saying that and having the ushers come forward, I wanted to touch on that just briefly um, from an outside perspective. Okay, because money is always the, it's always that, people say it's the root of all evil. Um, it can always be kind of a touchy subject for some people. Um, but I've seen, the, I've seen the bad things in churches. I've seen, I've seen some, some corrupt preachers. I've seen some um, not faith-based organizations. And I call them organizations because I don't call them churches. There's no room for that, that selfishness and, and self-biased stuff in, in a church. Um, but with that bad stuff out of the way, I can tell you that I see God shining on this place every time I come up here. There's a reason why I drive nine hours to come up here and either A, visit or, or B, share a message with you guys because your guys' hearts are so big. You're so loving and so caring. And not every church is blessed the same, but God has blessed you with this facility because you guys are doing the right things. Your leadership doesn't deviate from this book. Your leadership, if it's not, in the, if it's not biblical, your leadership don't care. Pastor Steve's not going to come up here and, and fold for, for, for man. And that has a lot to be said because the reason why I think you guys are so big now and you grew from, from this to this is because you guys don't deviate from this book. God is going to use your platform for as long as you stay true to who, who he wants you to be. And he's going to continue to help this place grow. Obviously, he needs, he needs support. He needs your guys' support and your hearts to be in the right place. Um, so... I just pray that you guys don't take for granted what God has done for this place because I have been searching for a church home um, like this all my life. I didn't even know it. And whether it's a nine-hour drive or not, I'm going to come up here as much as, uh, much as I possibly can because um, the, the pieces in place here that God has done from the worship to the youth uh, to Pastor Steve up here, it's, it all fits so nice. And, and you guys have more room to grow. And I strongly think that you guys are going to continue to grow. So if it's on your hearts to give, I, I, my, pray, my prayer is that you do give and, and know that it's to glorify God and the abundance that he's done for you. So ushers, please come. So thank you guys for being so welcoming every time I come up here, um, whether I'm sitting up here, whether I'm up here in the pulpit. You guys are an awesome congregation. Your hearts are where they need to be. Um, stay Christ-like-minded and continue to do good work because this place is offering so much to the community. Um, I told first service, I said, I plan on coming back up here in the wintertime because in Missouri, we don't get all the frozen lakes and the snowmobiles and the ice fishing that you guys get. And I'm an outdoor enthusiast. And so I told, uh, I told them, I said, I'm going to come up here maybe 
January, February. Um, I know they said you guys got real two good months of it, so I'm going to come up here um, then, and I plan on doing everything you guys do up here. I don't, I don't get to experience it, so whether it's fishing, hunting, whatever it is, snowmobiling, um, I'll hopefully see you guys here in a few months. So thank you guys so much.